Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. There's a dude dressed up as a giant condom on my Twitter feed. This is what's going on right now in America. Why, why talk about the serious things? There's a dude dressed up. One of the protesters at the Kavanaugh hearing. Guy for uh, Brett Kavanaugh for Supreme Court. Um, Yeah. Dressed up like a giant condom. The, uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's all there is to it. I, you ever see the movie Sleepers? Woody Allen? There he is. There he is right there. I'm Tony Katz. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Phone number 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. There is, there's so much going on. Uh, so first, um, I got to play this. I haven't even heard this yet. This is Marco Rubio getting into a a fight with Alex Jones. Alex Jones went to the hearing, the tech hearing. Well, he's the one, you know, they're, they're, they're yelling at him. They're screaming at him. They're, they're tossing him off there. I mean, he has every right to be angry. I don't like the dude. I don't like the dude. That's, but that's, that's besides the point. We're getting into the censorship conversation. Do we want this? It's, it's a legitimate conversation. Cause remember if free speech isn't for the people you like, it's, 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 for the people you hate. That's what free speech exists for. It exists for the people that you hate. We we can't be surprised by this. So let me let me share this. So this is uh what happened here. Rubio warned Alex Jones, I'll take care of you myself. I'll take care of you myself. What's going on here? No, here, big tech companies are, are purging conservatives. They're shadow banning people in mass. Yeah, well, my, my broader concern is that uh, what we are trying to do in terms of preventing foreign interference in our elections, uh, that technology could be used by authoritarian governments to argue, we want you to do the same thing against people that are in our country operating. For example, for them, misinformation would be something like the truth. For them, missing, for them, uh, sowing instability would be supporting democracy. And but the speech. Democrats are doing what you said China does. That you got from Sheryl Sandberg and Jack Dorsey on that question. I think Facebook now is. I think it's important for them not to comply with any efforts to sort of go after freedom. But what of about the Democrats purging conservatives? The, the um, she's not answering. Just the Republicans are acting like it isn't happening. Thank God Trump is. Well, but it's I- weird. Oh, yeah, it's really where there's no purge of conservatives. There's no shadow banning of, 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 of members of Congress. Yeah, who's this guy? We deplatformed him. So concerned about bias in social media. Well, so I he, think the bigger bias is against freedom of expression. Everybody should be. There's a. There's a okay, like, first I better understand what happened here. So this got periscoped by Will Summer, S O M M E R, Will Summer on Twitter. Good job. Um, And it's Rubio answering questions, the senator from Florida answering questions to the press. And Alex Jones is there, and he's doing what Alex Jones does, inserting himself into the thing uh, on on every level, being the over-aggressive punk that he's always been. I remember him as the guy who who chased uh, Michelle Malkin around. At, at This was the Democratic National Convention in Denver, and I said, what a scumbag. I don't get to keep the guy off the air, but what a scumbag. That's what I remember. So that's what we're watching here. That's what we're hearing here. How, let, let, let me give it a little bit more. 
happening here, but you say I don't exist. Look at this guy. He's saying that I don't exist. I just don't know who you are, man. I don't read your website. Sure. And they demonize me in these very hearings, and then he plays dumb. Infowars.com, you know what it is. Oh, well. That's why you didn't get elected. Do they need to be regulated? Marco Rubio the snake. Little frat boy here. All right, man. Yeah. Who are you, man? Yeah, sure. I swear to God, I'm You better hope you can deplatforming. Tens of millions of views. Infowars. Better than Rush Limbaugh. He knows who InfoWars well, is. Playing this joke over here. That's why and the deplatforming didn't work. But, but, but here, here's, here's the question. Here's the question. Hey, don't they me. actually had to say, get your hands off the senator. You better oh, hold cow. Now listen. Tens of millions of views. Here it goes. Better than Rush Limbaugh. He knows who InfoWars well, is. Playing this joke over here. Now, first things first. If you know who it is, you say who it is. Yeah, I know who you are. No, I don't read the site. I'm answering questions. Stop being a prick. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy thing to, to do. Do I think he didn't know? No, I think he did know, and that's why he should say it. That's why he should say it. This is where it starts turning. Over here. That's why and the deplatforming didn't work. But, but, but here, here's, here's the question. Here's the okay, question. Don't touch me again, man. I'm asking you not to touch me. Well, sure, I'll just pat you nicely. I know, but I don't want to be. I don't know. Oh, you, you want me to get arrested? It's not just going to take my First Amendment. It's not just enough to take my First Amendment. Oh, oh, he'll beat me up. Did you? I didn't say that. He's so mad. Okay. So now we're into a whole new thing here. Marco Rubio is a remarkably bright dude. Marco Rubio is one of the best voices out there for the conversation of freedom, for the conversation of liberty, to be able to engage. But he is not good at confrontation. He can't handle it. You're dealing with a professional agitator. No matter what you do, he's happy. Do you understand how crazy it is? I have met people like this my whole life. They are the worst. I don't enjoy those people. Those people who, who are desperate to try and get under your skin. They, they don't want to have a conversation. They want to get under your skin. This is his dream come true. I'm telling you that Alex Jones is going to go home, watch this video, and enjoy himself hour after hour after hour, exactly as you think he's going to enjoy it. Oh, it's going to be a mess when he's done. And continue. You're not going to silence me. No one's trying to silence you. You are like you are literally like a little gangster thug. There are there are people in this country. Rubio just threatened to physically take care of me. There are people who feel that they're being. We already got rid of my First Amendment. He tells you China's the problem, which it is, but they're taking our free speech. And there he goes. He continues. Now he's Marco Rubio standing Rubio because he thinks that he should answer the question. He doesn't say, "Hey, sorry." This guy's too ridiculous. I gotta go. I prefer not to. I prefer You know, that's what you do. You walk away from 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 the guy like this. Now, if you're gonna say, you know what, I'm gonna I, I take care of you. What's going on here? I'm gonna knock the guy out. If you're Marco Rubio and you punch Alex Jones in the nose, you know what you get? Two million more Facebook followers. That's what you get. Another three million on Twitter. They throw a parade at you for you in some parts of the world. It's really remarkable. Uh, it don't don't you don't have to be so nice. So anyway, that's what happened with those two. That's what happened with those two right there. Um, but this is who Alex Jones is. This is what he wants. And you know he does have like like Paul. I think it's Paul Joseph Watson, who writes for for his site. That guy, he seems to be on the up and up. He seems to write rather well. You know I I don't. I go to the site, for example, when it's linked somewhere else, whether it's in a, in a feed or sometimes Drudge has a link, uh, things like that. I don't go there as a, ooh, let me see what's going on in the world. I find Watson to be, 
I think that's his name, Watson. Paul Joseph Watson uh, seems to be on the up and up. Alex Jones, putts. But you don't don't give this guy love, Marco Rubio. Don't do that. That's just, you know, it, it, it's like the people who claim that the uh, woman sitting behind uh, Brett Kavanaugh at the hearings was was throwing the white supremacy symbol. Turns out the OK sign, right, where you put your thumb and your forefinger together and your other three fingers are up, that's a symbol for white supremacy. So the woman, Zena Bash is her name. She's married to a U.S. attorney, John Bash, and uh, she was a clerk for Kavanaugh. And she's sitting behind Kavanaugh in the hearings. And in one moment, her arms are kind of folded, and her right hand is on her left arm, and the thumb and the forefinger are together, and she's just got her, she's just resting there as the hearing is going on. And people said, oh, you see that? She's throwing the white supremacy symbol. That's what she's doing. Mexican and Jewish is Zena Bash. Throwing the white supremacy symbol. Because as you all know, Jews are cuckoo crazy about the white supremacy. And the white supremacists love the Jews. Oh, we're like their favorite people. Right next to the Mexicans. It's it's madness. It really, it truly is. Right? Every every little freak show conspiracy crazy is out there. It, it the world's nuts. And uh Alex Jones, he ma- he makes a living out of it. He makes a living out of this. So um I'm not paying too much attention to uh to, to Alex Jones. I just wish that Marco Rubio better knew how to handle these things. What do you, you tell a guy I can take care of it myself? Go take care of it. Go take care of it. And remember, Alex Jones wants you to punch him in the face. That's a badge of honor. Alex Jones is okay with slapping you on the back, but he's not okay with you saying I can handle you myself. Right? Picture that weirdness in Alex Jones. By the way, true story. I was covering the 2008 caucuses, yes, in Iowa, and I was in Iowa, and I was interviewing, uh, I think it was Senator Rand Paul. No, it was Ron Paul. It was it was Congressman Ron Paul, and he's answering the questions, and, uh, and he turned. I said, one more question, sir, and I put my right hand on his back. I said, one more question, sir, and I asked the question, and the security guy kind of lit up. I had not thought much of it, to be honest. I had posted it. People all over the place. I was, do- I was doing this for PJ TV at the time when it was before it went defunct, a uh, part of PJ Media. People were like, "How dare you touch the congressman?" I was like, "Whoa!" It was such a natural for me, but it was a good point. Don't touch the congressman. Don't touch other people. And every now and then, I got to admit, I I'm so in the in in the in the moment, I'm I'm a very casual person. I'm not I'm not I'm not a hugger, but I'm like, hey, thank you so very much. I'll put my hand up, shake your hand. I'll say, hey, thank you, and I'll and I'll just you know just a a bit of a camaraderie moment. No, 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 no. I've had to really teach myself, and every now and then I do slip. I admit I slip. But uh, Alex Jones, when you see that video, he did it to to try and intimidate. He did it to try to be a a tough guy to try and needle to try and be a punk ass little punk. That's what he does. That's that's Alex Jones. It's it's what he does. I don't know why anybody's surprised by this. And uh, and Rubio should not have been like, I don't know who you are. She'd be like, yeah, listen, uh, I'm not having a, 
That's not what's with this dude. I'm sorry, guys. I'll catch you another time. And that's it. That's all you got to do. Just walk away from the dude. The dude's going to follow you as you're, as, uh, you know, he's asking questions. Why Why do you hate the First Amendment? Why are you so afraid of me? Why Why are you such a weaselly snitty? This is why you lost the election. This is why Trump beat you. Thank God we have Trump. You're not good enough. You'll never win the presidency. And then you get in the elevator. It's like, oh, what an ass. And, that, and that's it. That's all there is to it. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. If I lay here, if I just lay here, would you lie with me just Tony Katz, Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. That is where you find me. And then, of course, TonyKatz.com. Always there. Canada not moving on NAFTA negotiations. Uh, interesting. Justin Trudeau saying he's not going to bend on key NAFTA talks between North American Free Trade Agreement. We got a new deal going with Mexico. Now, does Canada want in on it? Telling reporters that, quote, there are a number of things we absolutely must see in a renegotiated NAFTA. The translation here is, I cannot look weak in front of my people. Don't blame me. Blame Trump. He's the one who needs to make a deal. I'm going to hold firm on this. We're going to see what happens. And when I say don't blame me, blame Trump. Well, Trump Trump created this. I don't think the president's aware that he created it, though. That's the part that kind of amazes. He created this. He's the one who got tough. He's the one who started pushing uh, the idea of, of tariffs and pushing tariffs. And I'm not saying that Canada has been an honest broker. But he put Trudeau in the spot to say, look, I'm not going to be, you know, treated like a child by this, by this guy. No, forget him. I don't, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care. And you know what? He's earned so much bad blood in Canada that the people are going to flat out love me, love me, if, uh, if I do this. So, uh, you know what? All politics being local. I'm going to be loved. And that's the direction that he's moving. That is the direction that he is going in. Uh, I find it uh, I find it interesting. Because I, I, I can't think of, of the reason that I would be uh, bothered in any way bothered in any way if Canada wasn't involved in some kind of trade talks. What, 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 what don't I get? How does that hurt? If we're creating these deals with, with Mexico in terms of, for example, auto manufacturing, things like that, uh, don't get me wrong, I think it might actually raise the price of a car a little bit. If you require that a certain amount of production be done in areas that charge at least $16 an hour, or pay at least $16 an hour, I should say, that means more production has to be done in the United States. That means there's going to be more of a cost of production. The car's going to cost more. I'm fine with that if that's the price we have to pay for manufacturing jobs in the United States. The problem is people still want to go to Walmart and get a 74-cent T-shirt from China. And then they complain, remember when it was only 64 cents? There is no having it both ways. You got to be willing to, to, to pay the piper. 75% of a vehicle even uh, has to be produced in uh, either the U.S. Or, or Mexico. 
uh, for for manufacturers, uh, okay. Also could create more jobs and might increase the price of the car a little bit. So what do I gain? What is the what am I missing that somehow Canada adds to the conversation where I'm like hot diggity? Now it's a party. I'm not so sure. I am not so sure at all. Overheard. Here's Brian. Let's talk about actor Jeffrey Owens. See, Jeff played a supporting role on The Cosby Show at the height of its success, which is to say long before Bill Cosby got into trouble and NyQuil stock took a 30% hit in value. Anyway, Jeffrey appeared on GMA this week and responded to job-shaming comments after a picture of him working at Trader Joe's went viral. And it turns out, while everyone was talking about what a loser has-been Jeffrey is, Jeffrey missed a lot of that. Yeah, he was very busy not feeling sorry for himself, feeling grateful for a paycheck, and in general demonstrating that not everyone in America chooses to be a victim of their circumstances. I wanted a job that I could have some flexibility, um, try to stay in the business. Uh, I didn't advertise that I was, you know, you know, at Trader Joe's only, but not that I was ashamed of it, but because I didn't want the entertainment community to kind of decide, well, he's doing that, he's not in you know, he's not pursuing acting anymore. You know what? I felt like I had to be careful about that. Oh, Jeffrey, you can admit that. Casting directors understand you got to make ends meet, man. Now then, if you tell them you're a Republican, well. But, um, How long did you work there? Did people I, recognize I, you when you were working there? I worked there for 15 months mm. before this happened, a couple weeks before this all broke. <laughs> and um, uh, people recognized me every day, and they were very, very cool about it. Exactly. No shame. And let's face it, at this point, you could pull a Margot Kidder and be found naked with all your teeth missing. You still wouldn't be the biggest tragedy in the cast of The Cosby Show. Bill Cosby was accused by over 60 women. 60! Hell, you could be found in the throes of passion with a farm animal of your choosing, and you still wouldn't warrant your own segment in The Cosby Show, E! True Hollywood Story. Well, have you been getting any calls now? Uh, acting jobs you know what I mean not really I mean there have been like some hints interest and stuff mm -hmm. and you know what honestly I mean I actually I know this might sound weird and um, I wouldn't feel comfortable getting acting jobs from this event Do, you know what I mean I, I wouldn't mind mean. getting auditions right. I don't mind if people call me in to try out for things due to what's right. happened but I actually wouldn't feel comfortable someone giving me a job because this happened. I want to get a job because I'm the right person for that Unmerit. job. Unmerit. Yes, exactly. Right. Okay, look, I'm going to be honest and admit that prior to this whole Trader Joe's story blowing up, he could have asked me if I remembered actor Jeffrey Owens, and I would have been like, oh, yeah, 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 the guy who played in the... No, never heard of him. His response to being job-shamed and his attitude about work and opportunity... Any opportunity and a job being given to a man or woman based on merit alone? God bless this man. And I've heard a lot of folks saying over the last couple of days how leaders in the black community should hold up people like Jeffrey Owens as someone for black youth to emulate and admire. And look, I don't want to ruin the magic for you, but as it turns out, I'm not black. Nonetheless, I can tell you this. Jeffrey Owens is the kind of man I want my children to look up to and admire. His color isn't the thing that makes him special. I hope what doesn't pass is this idea that people are now thinking, this rethinking about what it means to work. You know, the, the honor of the working person and the dignity of work. And I hope that this 
period that we're in now where we have a heightened sensitivity about that and a reevaluation of, of what it means to work and that uh, a reevaluation of the idea that some jobs are better than others because that's actually not true. There is no job that's better than another job. It might pay better, it might have better benefits, it might look better on a resume and on paper, but actually it's not better. I'm Brian Baker. Don't worry, we'll go back to being angry about politics tomorrow. No anger needed. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, is where you find uh, me. Um, where in the world did that story go? I'm sorry, Rubio got me all. That Rubio story is so weird. I'm, I'm, actu I'm actually annoyed with the man. I'm actually annoyed with the man for getting into a fight with, uh, with Alex Jones. What's, what's wrong with you? Uh, this story... Got no play whatsoever. Uh, out of uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, a man charged in a fatal motorcycle crash. Uh, the uh, the guy uh, who was arrested, Neri Damian Cruz uh, Carmona, a charge with felony hit and run causing uh, serious injury. He's undocumented, which is to say he's an illegal immigrant. And is under an ICE detainer, which means he's supposed to be deported. I bring it up for a reason. Which is to say uh, that not everybody who comes into America is looking to cause a problem, is looking to hurt anybody, etc. But we would be out of our minds if we did not notice that something is happening that we can fix. Illegal immigrants getting involved in accidents that kill people. That seems to be something that we can limit. Yet we're, uh, I think, afraid to talk about it. Afraid to have this border conversation. I think it plays into more than border conversation, but can't be afraid to talk about it. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz, Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, 833-GOT-TONY. So there was this Brown University study that got just, well, hidden. And it was on transgender uh, kids. And the, the, the study was about the idea... Um, that what they discovered is that when it comes to kids, when it comes to kids, that their belief that they are transgender comes from online research and the attitudes of their friends, which is to say the more time they spend in social media or online looking at these things, the more they believe that this is them. And it got into the idea that peer pressure and online influences may have a lot to do with kids deciding they are transgender. 
this story then gets this reporting, then gets published. The American left <laughs> then loses their minds because this does not conform to narrative in any way. How dare you say that children are impressionable? They all know what they're saying. They've all made up their minds, and we have to honor nine-year-olds by allowing them to move forward with hormone therapy and reassignment surgery, and if you get in the way, you're a monster. I won't let my kids use a knife. And others are okay with saying, oh, yeah, you're nine. You can determine your gender. Go right ahead. Have a nice day. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you can coordinate with a doctor on your own to take to take medicine and hormone therapy. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just your parent, but I don't have any real say. No, no, no. I, I've been cowed into uh, silence because only children matter. Sure. Well, of course, peer, peer pressure is real on everything else but this. I don't know why anybody is surprised by this. But the left went crazy. Went crazy. And then Brown took down the study. They claim because of concerns over the study's research methodology. The the person who put this together, an assistant professor, Lisa Littman, says she stands by the study's conclusion that more research needs to be done. Who wouldn't want more research? You're scientists. You study these things. Go study. Who in the world would say not have more research? But what in the world is with the trying to silence this? Well, the silencing is about this idea that somehow children have this right. Let me take you to the Daily Telegraph, where the Prime Minister of Australia, Scott Morrison, says there is not a need for gender whisperers in schools. Holy hell, what is this? Well, it's the story that teachers are being taught to spot potential transgender students. You see, we search them out, and when we, we realize they fit certain characteristics, we say to them, you know, we, we know. It's okay. We're going to help you. And according to experts, the move has contributed to a 236% surge in the number of kids wanting to change sex in the past three years. You determine that there's a problem. You set out to fix the problem. Lo and behold, you find that there's a problem and people want the fix. You know the horror of this? There's some kids out there who are really confused and really unhappy and are trying to figure out why. Now, I believe that number is actually minuscule in terms of it being gender dysphoria. But we are guilty of child abuse if we let a nine-year-old or a 15-year-old determine their own gender. I'm not saying how you want to dress. I, I don't get into that kind of stuff. But in terms of what, what uh, facilities you use, what locker room you use, the sports teams that you play on, everything else, oh, I have a lot to say. You cannot be a boy, decide that you're actually a girl, and then compete in girl sports. It is out of control, crazy, and wrong. And we're not going to agree to disagree. We're not going to talk about what's good for the student. I want to talk about what's good for the students. You feel this way. The other students, they want to play field hockey. 
They're not physically the size in the main of, uh, of, of young men. So why would you think that that's okay? When CrossFit went down this road, I said, holy hell, we're all insane. These CrossFit athletes are nuts. They're the, the conditioning, the dedication, it is remarkable what they can do. And then CrossFit said, we are going to pretend that we're caring decent people. And we're going to do this by telling everybody else to go screw off. And we're going to let men who identify as women compete as women in CrossFit uh, competition. No recognition of the physical differences. We're going to engage science by being science deniers. It's insane. So, of course, teachers who are saying, oh, I think you are, oh, I think you are, oh, I think you are, is going to increase the number of kids like, oh, I am, oh, I am, oh, I am. And their kids, they don't get this opportunity. They don't know what they're saying. According to the Daily Telegraph, um, hospitals have referred 74 kids aged 6 to 16 to gender dysphoria clinics geared to help children and adolescents in transition. No six-year-old is in transition. Quote me. No six-year-old is in transition. The the transition for a six-year-old is, uh, Daddy, I, I, I ran to the potty, but I didn't make it. Right? That's the transition. They were trying to get from the couch to the bathroom, didn't make it. That's the transition that they were in. No six-year-old is in transition regarding um, uh, their, their genitalia. Never, ever happened, will never happen, and any parent who says it's happening is guilty of child abuse. So are these so-called experts. Now, the, you got to understand, you got to do the reading on this stuff. This is a massive now field of study because even those people who believe that gender dysphoria might be a little more common than others think, and maybe I think, they have gone on to say, you know, we started by saying, you know, we understand and we care and let us help do this and let's look that. And we've had to take a, a second look at this and try and get kids to slow down and take their time and not immediately push for hormones and not immediately push for this and that. You have to, you know, feel your way through this. And they have found that there are plenty of kids who say, you know what, it was a phase. I just don't feel that way anymore. And then some kids... They've continued with this. Then there's an entire world of people who have had the surgery and then had the surgery to revert back. Those people are shunned and shamed from the entire transgender conversation because they don't fit the narrative. Just like a study that says a lot of people do this because of peer pressure. Well, of course a lot of people do this because of peer pressure. A lot of people do it because it's cool, because it makes them the center of attention because they're missing something in their lives and they're looking to fill whatever it is that's missing. You know what that used to be? Having a kid. Remember people, uh, couples, they, it's an, almost an old joke, right? They're, they're having trouble, so they're like, you know what's going to make everything better in our relationship? Having a kid. Uh, just just uh, for uh, the record, um, it does not work like that. It does not work like that. At all. Kids do not make the problems go away. Kids bring the problems right up to eye level, and you can't see nothing else. You better you better be prepared to have kids. But yeah, this is I mean, we're just this is America and the world lying to itself. Lying to itself. 
and uh, these organizations. You know, there's an organization in my beloved Indianapolis that once said, if you don't use the proper pronoun, what you're doing is you're, you're um, insulting these kids to the point of suicide. Not using the proper pronoun leads to suicide. And um, I would say this about any child. You need to be tougher. I'm sorry. Someone calls you a name you don't like and it leads to suicide. First of all, is the most sickening and twisted thing an adult could say. This is how you're protecting children? This is how you demand fealty to this idea that I should somehow change the English language for how you feel? Because if I don't, children will kill themselves? We see online bullying. We see this whole series of things and name-calling. We have to talk about how we respond to these things, how we fight back against these things, how we deal with these things. Name-calling leads to suicide is not true. A feeling in the soul of depression, something I know intimately, by the way, I know being suicidal. I've been there. It's an ugly, ugly, dark place. And it didn't come from being called a name. Depression is real, and it's terrible, and it's, it's painful. And fighting your way out is all of those things as well. It doesn't get better with, from people lying to you. It doesn't change because society believes in inventing words to try and make you feel better. It's not what's going to make you feel better. Finding out why you're depressed and working through it and talking to professionals about it, that, that can help. That might work. It's never going to be a pronoun. It's going to be about you. I'll dig into that another day. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz, Twitter, Tony Katz, Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Oh, that's Senator John Cornyn, Texas, giving questions to uh, Brett Kavanaugh there during the uh, confirmation hearing for the Supreme Court. Well, it is ultimately our government, our responsibility, our authority that provides legitimacy to the government itself. Do you agree with that? I agree, uh, of course, with that, uh, Senator. The people, we the people, Form the Constitution of the United States and the sovereignty, uh, the, the people are the ultimate authority. And you're right about Justice Jackson's line. I think it is a clever line, uh, but ultimately I agree with you. I have, I've always had a little bit of a problem with that line because we're infallible because we're final. No, the, both parts of that are, are, are wrong in some sense because I never want to think of the court as infallible. And I also never want to think of it necessarily, you know, in that in the way you're describing either, because there is the the people always have an ability to correct through the amendment process. Now, the amendment process is hard and hasn't been used as much in recent decades. But, of course, at the beginning of the country, the amendments were critical. And Dred Scott, of course, the 
awful example of just a horrific Supreme Court decision that is then corrected in part, at least on paper, uh, in the um, 14th Amendment, 13th, 14th Amendments. And uh, that's an important example, I think, of your probably the best example, frankly, of the point you're making about the people being able to respond uh, to a horrific uh, decision of the of the Supreme Court. Well, Always interesting when I hear people Jackson. talk uh, that way, just in, in, in that it seems to be almost a forgotten art that that our job is to be uh, responsive and proactive. Uh, certainly we see things we don't like. You got to you got to make a change to it. However, um, overreacting. That doesn't help at all. That's why we don't have mob mentality, or at least we're not supposed to. But look look at so much of what we've become. It's totally mob. It really and truly is. It's crazy. Mob mentality is is the way people want to go. They don't want to wait. They don't want to have the systems. Remember, when Kavanaugh gets confirmed to the Supreme Court, you know what you're going to hear? We shouldn't even have a Supreme Court. Shouldn't have a Supreme Court. That's what you're going to hear. Doesn't matter. Forget about it. That it, it's just saying. You know what? None of this would happen if we had just had a popular vote and Hillary Clinton was president. They really want New York and California to decide for the rest of the country uh, who, who's in charge. Maryland. They got themselves a crab restaurant. Very unhappy with PETA because the people of PETA, people for the ethical treatment of animals. Uh, they put up billboards in Baltimore telling residents not to eat crab. This is Maryland. It's kind of what they do. And uh, the uh, billboard said with a picture of a crab on it said, I'm me, not meat. See the individual go vegan. So uh, a restaurant by the name of Jimmy's Famous Seafood put together its own billboard that said steamed but it says steamed crabs, and the M-E was capitalized, capitalized, and there's a crab. It says steamed crabs, here to stay, get famous. And that's the response. I'm fine with it. Listen, I don't think that uh, the people at PETA, I mean, I, I think they could go about some of their systemology better, right, and, and their movements better, because their, their answer is... Uh, Oh, you know, why am I even trying to defend them? You know what? I'm going to eat steak, and it's delicious, and that's the end of the damn ballgame. What, what what am I trying to do? Why am I, why am I trying to rationalize the things that, that, that I don't want to rationalize? I eat steak. It's delicious. It's delicious, and I love it, and that's all there is to it. I didn't get into the Fred Gutenberg story, and I'm going to have to dig in on this tomorrow. Fred Gutenberg is the father of a Parkland student who was uh, murdered there at uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. And he is the one, you may have seen this in your social media feeds, after the day one hearing of Brett Kavanaugh, maybe it was at the lunch break, he jumps up and gets right next to Brett Kavanaugh and he's behind him, wants to shake his hand, and Brett Kavanaugh turns around, he's he's buttoning his, his suit jacket, he's like, I don't know who you are. You can see the look of confusion, like, who are you? And he's got his hand out. He's kind of introducing himself, and people are talking. And then security kind of cuts in, and Brett Kavanaugh turns and goes the other way. How the left frame this is that, oh, 
Oh, they, Judge Kavanaugh wouldn't shake Fred Gutenberg's hand. Fred Gutenberg on Twitter just walked up to Judge Kavanaugh's morning session ended. Put up my hands and introduced myself as Jamie Gutenberg's dad. He pulled his hand back, turned his back to me, and walked away. I guess he did not want to deal with the reality of gun violence. 153,000 people liked that tweet. That's shameful. Now, I'm going to get into this tomorrow. Uh, but but to Fred Gutenberg, I have no words for you on the loss of your daughter. Zero. Except I would never allow you to take away from me the ability to protect my children. Never. Your loss is real, and I can't comprehend it. But I won't let it affect my ability to protect my family night after night, wherever I am. The answer is no. The answer is no. This was a stunt. This was a stunt, and it needs to be addressed as such. And so that's exactly what we're going to do. Because 153,000 people shouldn't like that tweet and say, oh, that horrible judge. That's just not what happened. It's not what happened. Podcast, TonyCats.com, Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Twitter, Tony Katz. Tomorrow, everyone.